Today's daf is Ksuvas daf Tezayin. We are beginning the second paragraph of Masechus Ksuvas. Um, the second paragraph really is <coughs> a continuation of the first paragraph. In fact, it's impossible to learn the first element of the second paragraph without knowing all of the Mishnayis that we had toward the end of the first paragraph. So we're going to start with the Machlokas in the Mishnah about when there's a dispute about the Ksuba amount. She says that I was a Basula when I got married and therefore my Ksuba is a Masayim. He says, no, you were a Grusha or an Almana, the Ksuba is a Mana. So we're going to have a discussion about what she has to do to prove that she was a Basula. And then the Mishnah is going to tell us that Rabbi Yeshua admits that even though in uh, the first parak he apparently didn't hold of certain Migos, he admits to the concept of Apesha Asar, who Apesha Hitir. So Namad Aleph, the Gemara is going to talk about why Rabbi Gamliel doesn't rely on the Cheskas Isha in our Mishnah. Throughout the whole first parak, he always relied on the woman's Chazaka. Yet in our Mishnah, he's going to require some sort of proof. And then the Gemara is going to spend the majority of Amad Aleph talking about where Rabbi Yeshua rejected Amigo in the first parak that we're saying now in the second parak that Rabbi Yeshua accepts the concept of Apesha Asar who Apesha Hitter. We're going to have four different possibilities about that. Then the Gemara is going to talk about why we don't rely simply on a rove that most marriages are with Basula. So shouldn't we say, of course she was a Basula. Everyone's a Basula when they get married. And then on Bez, the Gemara is going to talk about how can, how can she collect with Edim that she was Yatsus Numa, which is what she has to prove that uh, in order to collect Masayim, why aren't we concerned that she'll just collect again uh, with her Ksuba? If you let her collect once with Edim that's something about her first wedding, she'll go back to Bez in a second time with her actual Ksuba and collect the second time. And then the Daf will conclude with a little bit about how we're Misameach Chasun that They used to have a concept of Kos Shel Basura. And the Gemara will talk about what that Kos Shel Basura was, and that's going to lead right into tomorrow's daf with Ketzad Maraktin Lifnei Hakala. How exactly one is Misameach Chasun Vakala. So let's begin the Perek. Ha'isha Shenis Armelosh If a woman becomes an Almana or gets divorced, so it's time to collect her Ksuba. She says, you married me while I was a Basula, and therefore my Ksuba is 200. And he says, no, when I married you, you were already an Almana, and therefore your Ksuba is only Mana. And obviously they don't have the document over here. If they had a document that said, then you'd rely on the Shtar. But they don't have the Shtar Ksuba. So what does she have to do to prove that she was a Basula at the time of the wedding? If there are Edim, that she went, went out Pihinuma, the Gemara will explain exactly what that is, but it was something that she, would, that she would have or that she would wear or something that they would do specifically for a Besula, and her Rosh was Parua, her hair was, uh, as Rashi says, Sa'ara al Ksefeha, her hair was, was, was down on her shoulders, her hair was loose on her shoulders. And that was something that they specifically did for a besula. So then, if she could prove those things, then she's going to get a ksuba of Masayim. She'll get a 200 zuz ksuba. Now, Tosas raised the issue. Obviously, there's no ksuba over here because if there were a document, just look at the document. What if y'all like the opinion? that says that if someone says about a Maisa Beisdin that I've already paid it that he's believed and over here Ksuba is the Maisa Beisdin Tosa says 
still the guy wouldn't be believed to say that I that you were an almana and I only owe you a hundred migo that I could have said I already paid the full amount of the ksuba I could have said nah you were a basula but I already paid the whole thing and I owe you nothing because that's a migo b'makomedim once you have edim that was yatsus be'inuma so for him to say that uh, that she's an almana even though he could have said he paid the whole thing and he would have been believed but to say that she's not, that she was an almana when she got married is against edim because edim saw the wedding and edim are, are verifying that it was very clearly the wedding of a besula. That's how Tosa says the kasha. The Ran asks the same kasha, and the Ran says that you have to say that we're talking about that the Baal is moda before he dies, that he didn't pay it back, or by the case of a divorce, where it's right away after the Gerashin that, uh, that, that she t- claims her ksuba, where he wouldn't be able to say parati, because no one pays while they're still married, so if it was right after the Gerashin, or right before the guy, the guy died, he admitted that it was low parati, so that, that wasn't an option over here, and that takes away the possibility of the Migo. Why didn't the Ran like Tulsa's Teretz? That it's a Migo Makamedim, so the Ran would probably, the Bach writes in the Ghost on the Ran, because Ede Hinuma is not really Edim that she, that she was a Basula. It could be that they did a whole wedding for a Basula, husband brought her home that night, and then discovered that was all, what the whole first parak was about, and then discovered that she wasn't a Basula. So it's not necessarily the greatest Raya that she was uh, that she was a basula just because you have Ede Ede Hinuma. The other major issue that we showed them deal with over here is we said that if there are Aden that it's Yasus Bihinuma, so the Ksuba is going to be two hundred. Sounds like if there's no Aden, the husband's going to be believed and the Ksuba's only going to be one hundred. But if you think about it, what's happening over here? She's claiming you owe me two hundred. He's saying no, I only owe you one hundred. Now that is a classic case of and in the case of normally you need to take a shavua. So is it necessary over here that he take a shavua as well? So that's a machlokas rishonim. If the husband has to take a shavua da'oraisa of modabimixas in order to be potter from the second hundred, because the woman is being tovea masayim and the husband is only acknowledging mana. So the rov rishonim, the overwhelming majority of the rishonim, the the rashva, the ritva, the mi'iri, the rasha, the overwhelming majority of the rishonim, the right on the Rambam, all say that he's potter from Shos Modem Mitzas. There's a Yushalmi that says that he's potter from Shos Modem Mitzas, and Yushalmi explains it. The Machlokas Rishonim is what is that explanation of the Yushalmi? Why is he potter from Shos Modem Mitzas? The Ramban says because the husband is not able to be kofar that, that 100 that he's Vadei Chayevter, because anyone who's Toi Nachar Maise Bezin is Lom or Klum. If there's a Maise Bezin that you have to pay her 100, so he can't claim that he doesn't have to, or because he's not able to say Parati so therefore, it's Ki'ilu, the woman has a star on the 100. So he's only really, he's not really being moda anything. The whole point of dispute is only over the extra 100. And he's being kofrakol on the extra 100. That's the entire dispute. That's how the Ramban explains. Ramban then explains another possibility is since the Ksuba is only collected from Karka, and even, uh, so, so the, the Allah is, we don't say moda mixasatayin on Karkaos. Meshvus moda mixas is a nishvan al and a ksuba could be collected from karkas, so as it did like karkas. The balatrumos is quoted as, uh, as saying that uh, there's no hodami minataina. She is being tovea betoras besula, he's being modamidim grusha or almana. So that's considered like one that one person is being tovea chitim and the other one is being moda saorim, where they're two different things. It's a little bit strange because it is all money over here, but if the mechayev is a different mechayev, so maybe that's considered to be not mimin hataina, 
um, the, uh, the the so the, the Rishonim debate that issue. Now there is one sheet in Rishonim, one major sheet in Rishonim that says that Itaka does have to swear Shavuos more than Mikdash, and that is the sheet of Rambam. The Rambam, the 16th parak of Echazisha Salach Chafei, says that uh, that if the Baal is still alive, meaning there was a divorce, it wasn't uh, she wasn't an almana, then you have a Shvuah in a Torah because he's holding Mikdash Atayna. And the Rambam jumps all over the Rambam, and there's significant discussion in the Rambam what happened to all these all these biurim we just said as to why he shouldn't have to do a shuas modemiktos, but be that as it may, that is the shita sarambam, and that's what uh, what, what uh, a lot of uh, dis- what garners a lot of discussion on this stuff. The other important uh, point to make over here is the raya that she was a basula was that she went berosha perua, and Rashi says, what does rosha perua mean? Saara al ksefa, that her hair was down on her shoulders. Shulchan Aruch in in Orachayim Simenai in Hesif Beis in Hilchus Kriyashim on the Mechab writes that even though a woman has a chiv to cover her hair and a man's allah say kriyashma in front of a woman's covered hair, but besulos shedarkas lelich perus rosh mutter, a besula doesn't have to cover her hair. An unmarried woman does not have to cover her hair. The Mangan Avram on the spot points out though that it's a steer in Shulchan Aruch because Mechaber in Ebn Ezer in Simon Chav Aleph says that benos yishol shenako perus rosh beshuk Echod penuya ve'echod eishasish. Whether she be single or whether she be an eishasish, so it sounds like even a penuya. And the Magen Avram says that in our Mishnah it says that that the raya that she was a basula was Rosha Peru, and Rashi says it means her hair is down on her shoulders. So how could the Shulchan Aruch Paskin and Eben that a penuya has to go with her hair covered? It says that that's the that that the the definition, the way to know that she was a basula was that her hair is down on her shoulders. So the Magen Avram says that there's no iser for. A to go with her hair uncovered. And the Mechaber Nebun says that a Pnuya is not allowed to go pruas rosh, means that she's not allowed to go with her hair untied or unbraided, that her hair is supposed to be always gathered, it shouldn't be let, let loose. That's what the Mechaber means to say, but she certainly doesn't have to, uh, doesn't have to uh, uncover her hair. And that relates to what the Mishnah Sota says, that, uh, that we, we, uh, we mess up the hair of the Sota, and that's a genai, by letting it be messy and loose, that we're so serklia sa'ara, kadele vazosa, is the Lashon of Rashi and Sota davchas. So he says, but, nevertheless, even that is not a dindar raisa, it's a midas tznius, says the Mogan Avram, but it's not a dindar raisa, but a midas tznius that uh, even an unmarried girl, she, her hair should be in a ponytail or a braid of some sort. So that is the shita of the Mogan Avram. Machsa Shekel says he doesn't understand. In our Mishnah, the definition of basula is, according to Rashi, sa'ara al It's on her shoulders. That doesn't sound like it's a braid or a ponytail or something like that. So how can you say that, uh, that, a, that a basula has to be, her hair has to be braided or with a ponytail? So Machsa Shekel says that. And, the, and, and plus, the minig is that, that uh, single girls aren't always makhmed to put their hair in a braid or a ponytail. So uh, there are, so he's cholik on the Maganavra. There are a number of Achronim that side with the Magen Avram and say that a single girl should go that way only, Dafka with her hair tied up in some way, and many other Achronim say not that way, that, uh, like, the, like the Machsa Shekel. So that's a uh, Mishnah Bru quotes two days, and the Mishnah Bru says the Magen Avram holds that it's Asa to go by Sa'aros Sturos, and the Machsa Shekel, Magen Avram are Mekel, and Mishnah Bru just quotes both days, that both days are viable Shitos out there uh, in, uh, in Posse. It seems to be that whoever holds one day thinks that the other day is crazy, but that's not that's not that's not the the, the case. They're both viable shitos in uh, in Akronim. Okay, so uh, so weiter in the.
the Mishnah. So that's what she has to prove to, in order to collect Masayim. Rabbi Yochanan broke Omer Avchilu Kloyos Raya. That it's not not only that, even if she could just prove that they were Machalei Kloyos, that they were giving out candies at her chuppah, that was a minute that they had specifically for a Besula. So that would be a Raya that she was a Besula as well. Even though Rabbi Yeshua apparently had some problem with some previous migos, he would admit that it's a valid migo and that you're believed if you say to someone that this field that I have once belonged to your father, but I have purchased it from your father because we didn't know that it belonged to the guy's father, if not for the, for the admission of this fellow anyway, so no one would have been able to, to bother him about the field. He's the one that admitted that it belonged to the other guy's father, so he's believed to say that he purchased it from the father. But if there are that it belonged to the other guy's father, then he's not going to be believed to say he purchased it, because then you don't have the migo, because we knew already that it belonged to the other fellow's father. Rashi writes, The child of the man who originally owned the field has no idea that this field ever belonged to his father, if not for the fact that the, uh, that the guy admitted it. That's why it's a Pesha Asar, who a Pesha Hitir. Tulsus points out in the bottom of Tesvav and Beis that Rashi sounds like it's only if the Toveya was never Toveya. It's only if the child was never actually Toveya the field, because he had no idea that it belonged to the father. That's when you're believed with Amigo. Makes it sound from Rashi that if Reuven comes to Shimon and says, hey, you have my father's field, and Shimon says, yes, I do, but I bought it from him, that Shimon would not be believed with Amigo. That's what it sounds from Rashi. If Reuven knew about it, then, uh, then it would not be believed with Amigo. When the Seifa has to come up with a case where they're not believed with Amigo, what does the Seifa say? Not, oh, but if Reuven was Toveya, then uh, Shimon does not believe with Amigo. No, the Seifa says, if there are Edim that, that belong to the father, then he's not believed with Amigo. Sounds like only if there are Edim, he's not believed, but if there are no Edim, even though the other one is Toveya, he's Neman. Migo because he could have said it never belonged to your father from the fact that the mission doesn't give the example of him and he says the the whole discussion in the Gemara is going to be that the guy is being him, and that's why he's saying yes you're right it's yours it was yours it was your father's but I bought it from him and still we say Apesha Asar who Hit here. So that's a fundamental machlokas, Rashi and Tosos, in terms of what the case is in the Mishnah of a Pesha Asr or Pesha Yitir. Says the Gemara, time of the Ike Edim, Halak Edim Balnam. Going back on the Resha, husband claims that she was an Almana when, and, and therefore he only owes 100 Zuz Ksuba. Woman claims, no, she was a Basula. So we said if there are Edim that she was Yatus Binum of Rosh she could collect 200 Zuz. So it sounds like if there are no Edim, the husband is going to be believed. Doesn't this seem to go against everything Ram Gamliel said in the first parak? Gamliel always says, let the woman have her chazaka. The woman has a chazaka that she's ksheira, that she's a basula, all of those things. So why don't we trust the chazaka over here? It says Ram Gamliel could even be the author of our Mishnah. When does Ram Gamliel say we rely on her chazaka? That's when she has a time as bari and the husband only has a time as shema. 
Over here, the husband is not saying, I think you might have been in Almana when I married you. He's saying also, Atinas Bari, I know you were in Almana when I married you. In that case, we're not going to rely on a Chazaka alone. So it's totally different than all the cases we had in the first parak where the husband only had Atinas Shema. That's such an obvious answer, meaning it is so obviously totally different than everything we had in the first parak. Why would we even think to say that our mission is not going like Ram Gamliel? And Sigmar, given the Rav Nashim Besulas Nisos, Ki Bari Veshem Adami. Maybe even though the husband says at Tainus Bari that you were an Almana, it seems to be un- unlikely because most women, when they get married, are Besulos, and therefore his Taina is weakened by the fact that it's against a Rove. So we would have thought that the husband would not be believed. Kamash Malan, Rav Gamliel comes and teaches in the mission of the husband is believed. It's most mistaver to assume that our Mishnah, that the first part of a Mishnah is going even like Ram Gamliel, and it's saying that even though Ram Gamliel throughout the first part kept on saying the woman's believed, the woman's believed, the woman's believed, in the beginning of our Mishnah he's saying, you know what, Rabbi Yeshua, I'm to you when it's a bari you bari that the man is believed. So that's why in the second half of our Mishnah we have umode Rabbi Yeshua. We have a case where Rabbi Yeshua is modded to Ram Gamliel. The symmetry is perfect. First half of the Mishnah Ram Gamliel is modded to Rabbi Yeshua. So the second half, Rabbi Yeshua is modded to Gamliel. If Ram Gamliel was just moda to, to Rabbi Yeshua, so I understand very well that uh, the Mishnah is going to then tell us Rabbi Yeshua is moda to Ram Gamliel in the case of the field. But if Ram Gamliel was not talking about a case of, if the ratio was not talking about a case where Ram Gamliel was moda to Rabbi Yeshua, so what's the moda Rabbi Yeshua over here? Meaning, why would you say moda Rabbi Yeshua? We weren't talking about any disputes between Ram Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua and the Reisha. Why would we say Moda? Just say Omar Rabbi Yoshua. What's the Moda Rabbi Yoshua? There was no Machlokas from Gamliel Rabbi Yoshua that we were even referencing in the first part of the Mishnah. So says the Gemara, you're right, we weren't referencing Machlokas from Gamliel Rabbi Yoshua in the first part of the Mishnah, but every single Mishnah in the last parak referenced the Machlokas from Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua. So it's on all of those Mishnayas that we're saying Moda Rabbi Yoshua. Misa Rabbi Yoshua, a high Pirkin Kai. Why, you think Rabbi Yoshua was only going on this Perek. Amigo kai He's going on all the cases in the first Perek where he didn't hold of Migo, where he didn't say, where he said, Lo mi We don't believe the woman, we don't believe. And now all of a sudden he says, You know what? I rely on Amigo. When it comes to a field and a guy says, I bought this field from your father, this field belongs to your father, but I bought it from him. Now Rabbi Shua is going to rely on Amigo. That's the moda, not, not going on the earlier part of our Mishnah. Says Ma'aheya, where in the first Perek did Rabbi Yeshua, he kept on saying he doesn't believe the girl, but where did he say that we don't rely on Amigo? Where was, in which of those cases in the first parak was there Amigo that Rabbi Yoshua rejected? So the Gemara is going to have four possibilities, and again, you cannot learn the first element of the second parak without knowing the whole first parak, because the, uh, we're now going to review, essentially, the entire first parak. So which, which of the cases was it? Elema, if it was the following Mishnah, aha, it's going on the Mishnah that we have in Dafyud Gimel Amaralf. Haisumu Beres, Vamalamati that a woman was pregnant and they say to her hey what's the story with this with this fetus and she says it's from a, it's from a certain man who's a miyuchas so Rabbi Shua says she's believed Rabbi Shua said no we don't believe her 
So maybe that's the case that Rabbi Yeshua doesn't rely on Amigo. There's no Amigo over there. She couldn't have said anything else. She's pregnant. There's nothing else she could have said. The, the evidence is right there in, in her belly. So there's nothing she could have said. So that's not the case. It must be going on the Mishnah that uh, later on in Dafid Gimel that, uh, that said the following. They see her medaberes with somebody and they say to her, what's the story with this guy? And she says, oh, he's a miyuchas. Rabbi Shua again says, I don't believe her. Apparently he's rejecting some sort of migo. Well, what migo could she have said over there? What was her migo over there that Rabbi Shua is rejecting? If you translate the word medaberes to mean that she had yichud, so then I understand what the migo is. Migo di bayamra lo nevalti vekamar nevalti mehemna because she could have said just you saw me have yichud you never saw me have bia so I never had the bia and uh, instead she's saying yeah I had the bia but he's a, he's a he's a kosher so we're going to believe her but according to Ravasi's understanding of that mishnah that when we see her midaberis it really means we saw that she was niveles well then there's no migo to begin with so there is not a migo either the ella third possibility. Aha, it's going on the uh, the next Mishnah on Yud Gimel. He omeres mukaseitzani vuomer loki eladrusas ishat. She says I was a mukaseitz, and the husband says no, you weren't a mukaseitz. You were a drusas ish. You were with a man. does not. So again, Rabbi Shua apparently is rejecting a migo. But hasam my migo ika. What is the migo that she had over there? Bisham klum. I understand very well if you say that what the point of dispute over there is is that she's claiming she's owed 100 and the husband's saying no you're Jerusalem and therefore the whole thing is Mecca Chos and I owe you zero so Migel Dibay Amr Mukasei Tachtecha Masayim she's claiming I was Mukasei before we ever get ma- got married and therefore my Ksuba should have been 100 she could have said I became a Mukasei after Arison, and therefore you owe me Masayim, you owe me 200. But she's only claiming 100 by saying that she was a Mukasayitz from beforehand. Mehemna, that's why she's believed. So that's a good Migo. And that would be where Rabbi Yeshua is commenting on now, because Rabbi Yeshua apparently rejects that Migo. But if you understand that Mishnah like Rabbi Yochanan, to say that when she's saying Mukasayitz, she's actually claiming that she's owed 200, because Mukasayitz is Subasa Masayim. And the husband's saying, no, Jerusalem, and therefore I only owe you mana, because he holds a mana, then my migo ika. Then what migo is there? There's no migo. She's already claiming the best possible claim for herself. She's already claiming 200. Ella ahas. Rather, we must be going on the, uh, the, the, the other Mishnah. And the first parak, the following. A guy marries a woman and he does not find any besulim. He omeris mishorastanina nastivanestachvasadei. So she says, I was raped after Arison, and therefore it's your bad luck. And he says, no, it happened before Arison, and you lied to me. Now, what's her migo over there? She could have said, She could have said, yeah, but it happened it happened after Arison, and then she would not have puzzled herself from Kuna. But 
Amra. Instead, she's saying that a nasty the kapasla She's saying I was raped, where she's now going to be pasalakuna. That's what Rabbi Gamliel believes her in the first parak. The Kamra Bishola Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua is saying to Rabbi Gamliel now in our Mishnah, Bahaimigo Dahacha Modinalach, Bahumigo Dahasam Poligni Lavach. Even though I disagreed with you about that, Migo, I did not believe the girl to say Ne'enasti, Migo, that she could have said Mukaseitz, I do believe a guy to say that Sadazu is mine, I bought it from your father, Migo, that he could have said that it never belonged to your father in the first place. So I don't reject all Migos. I do, I do accept the Pesha Asar or Pesha Hitr form of Migo in our Mishnah. So Frak the Gemara, why? Michli, hai Migo, vahai Migo. Maishna, hai Migo, mehai Migo. They're both Migos. They both, they both use the same mechanism for Ne'emanus. Why is it that when she says Ne'enasti, she's not believed? And why is it when the guy says, I bought this field me'avicha, he is believed? Answers Gemara, Hacha ein shor Hasam harei shor Over here by the field, you don't have the slaughtered ox in front of you. Over there by the Nanasti, you have the slaughtered ox in front of you. What does that mean? Says Rashi, Hacha gabe sada ein shor shachot ofanecha sheyala alev balav litvoa mi shachto. That if, uh, if, uh, if I give you my ox to watch and I come back and the ox is shechted, so I'm going to ask the question, what the heck happened? Why is my ox shechted? Meaning when there's an obvious problem that there's going to be a, a taina, someone's going to be tovea something, that's what we call shar shachot lefanecha. But in our case, the guy didn't even know that his father ever owned this field, according to Rashi. You are the one that told him that, that his father owned the field. So he's never going to make any taina in the first place. If the other guy would have just kept quiet, no one ever would have made any claims on the field. So if it wasn't very clear and obvious that he had purchased the field from the father, he never would have uh, volunteered that information in the first place that it once belonged to the father. So in that case, we say amigo. But if you don't find besulim, so that's a shor meaning the guy's going to ask the question, what happened to your besulim? How come the besulim aren't here? So in that case, where there's a shor Granted, she could have said a better time of When the pressure is on, we assume that maybe she doesn't always think of what the best taina to say is. She just thinks of an excuse. She thinks of something, uh, it was nanas. And she didn't think, oh, well, maybe I could say better. Maybe I could say what says. She just knows she has to answer for herself. Or maybe she's dafka choosing not to say the best taina to give herself some credibility. But that's only if it's shor now, Tulsas obviously cannot accept this understanding of Rashi that the whole concept of Shor Shachal of Nechaz, no one ever would have been Toveya anything because Tulsas, the way we saw on the bottom Tulsas and Tesvavim Beis, was that the guy is Toveya. The guy knows that the field belongs to his father. So Tulsas says, You have to say that he's being Toveya him. So, what's the whole word of Shor Shachal of Nechaz? Vahachi 
perusho. Hasam shor shachal the fenachad are in lo besulim ve'ini cholomer besula ani kimo b'shor shachal sheni cholomer chayhu. When the girl is not a besula, she can't deny that. She can't say I am a besula. Just like you can't look at a shechted ox and say, Oh yeah, it's alive. It's not. Everyone sees. It's obvious. Since already there's a reyesa that's undeniable, that's right in front of us, and that's evident to anyone, to any, to everyone. So the the specifics of her claim are irrelevant. She's not going to be believed because you already have this major reyesa. But over here, there's nothing. There's no obvious problem. There's no obvious issue that with this field. It could have been. It could be that this field never belonged to the guy's father, and therefore he is going to be Naaman. Says the Gemara further now. If we have this robe that most women get married when they're besulos, so why do we need Adam to say to verify that she was Yatsus Numa Varosha Prua in order to verify that she's a besulos? Why can't we just rely on the robe? Most women get married when they're besulos. Some women are not besulos when they get married. But anyone who does get married as a besula, everyone knows about it. They make a big deal about the wedding of a besula. But there was no call about this woman, and that therefore destroys the rove. So granted, you have a rove women that get married are besulos, but you also have a rove that when besulos get married, people hear about it, and this apparently there was no call. If you're going to say that every basul that gets married is yesh lakol, everyone always knows about it. Well, forget about uh, forget about 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 the the, the robe that robe women that get married are basul. So here you have call all women that are besulas that get married have a call so shouldn't it be obvious that even if there are witnesses that are saying that she was Yatsas Numa, those are obvious liars because there was no call so says well, no it's not that every single woman there's a big deal and everyone finds out about it when she gets married as a besula Ella Maravina rov hanises besula yesh lakol vizu halvein lakol itra laruba it's two competing roves rove of the time that a woman uh, gets married she is a Basula. But rove at the time that a Basula gets married, there is a call about it. Over here, there was no call. So Adim, that she was yet to be Numa, Barosha Perua, is good enough. That's all you really need. Tosra is the question that the later on we're going to say that people are certain people are made are neman to be made as gedolim what they saw as ketanim. Like for example, if someone comes along and says, "I remember as a child I was at that wedding and the woman was yatsus pinuma varosha perua," and uh, the Gemara says, "My timeus," because rov why is it that they're believed about something that they saw as a katan? Because rov nashim besulas nisus. So since so it's only a gili milsa bialma that uh, that she was a besula because really. Technically speaking, we have the rove anyway that she was a basula. So, Fractosos, what do you mean you have the rove anyway that she's a basula? But you have a competing rove that there's no call. So, why are you re- willing to rely on the edus of effectively a katan if uh, if you don't really have a rove helping you out? Because as much as you have a rove helping helping out the edus and saying that she was a basula, you have a rove saying that she was not a basula also. So, Tosos says, "V'yishlomer the rove nashem basulus nisos adif." May Rov Nosh Manisos Basulus Yeshla call. That it, as much as in the Havamin of 
the Gemara, we thought the idea that every Basula has a call is a stronger idea than Rav Nashim Basulas Nisos, because everyone has a call, but it's only Rav Nashim Basulas Nisos. In the Maskara of the Gemara, it's the reverse. The Rav, that Rov women who get married are Basulos, is a greater Rov than the Rov Basulos, than the, than the Rov that, that when Basulos get married, there's, there's Rov at the time, there's a call. So since there's a greater Rov to say that she is a Basula, then the Rov to say that she's not a Basula, we're willing to rely on the Aedus of Akatan to say that she is a Basula. Because you have, it's, it's already slanted a little bit in the direction of the Basula by the greater Rov in that direction. So we said if there are Edim, that she was Yatsbi Numa, then she can go and collect her Ksubas Masayim. Maybe she'll take out these Edim in this space, then she'll collect her Ksuba. Then she'll go to another basin with her actual Star Ksuba, which she's hiding now, and she's not showing to this basin, and she'll collect with that. Two answers. First of all, Rabbi Vel says, well, that's why we write a receipt. The husband gets a receipt that he already paid the Ksuba. She can't take out her Ksuba in another basin, because we're talking about a case, a place where they don't write a Ksuba. And therefore, there is no Ksuba to take out in the other basin. The Gemara is going to ask later on, okay, what's to stop her from taking out Edim again in another basin? She'll just go around from basin to basin with Edim that she's Yatsub Binuma, Rosh Prua. Some have these two answers said in a different context on a Brysa, that the Brysa tells us as follows. If the Ksubasa, if she lost her Ksuba, hit Mina Ksubasa, or she hit her Ksuba, Nisrafa Ksubasa, the Ksuba was burnt, but Rakdul Lefaneha, which she has Edim, that they danced in front of her, that Sachkul Lefaneha, Hevirul Lefaneha, Koshal Besura, they passed the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Koshal Besura in front of her, the special cup of wine in front of her, the Gemara is going to discuss what that is, Omapa Shal Besulim, or the special cloth of Besulim, meaning she's able to bring Edim, that she was a Besula at her wedding. If she has Edim to any of those things, her Ksuba is Masayim. So frankly, Gemara, but again, Shouldn't we be concerned that she's going to take out the Edim in one Beisdin and collect with the Edim and then take out the Ksuba in another Beisdin and collect the Ksuba? Same Kasha we asked on her Mishnah, but now we're asking it on this Brysa. Am Rabbi Yavo, Rabbi Yavo answers, Zosa Meris Kosvin Shovar. That's why we write a Shovar. We write the receipt so that uh, Tosas points out that even though when, uh, in Masechus Babasra, when we talk about writing a Shovar, we say the Svara of writing a Shovar, making it the responsibility of the, of the, of the, uh, of the borrower to, uh, to, to, to hold on to a Shovar. Now it's his responsibility to hold on to a Shovar that says that he already paid up. Why should it be his responsibility to hold on to a Shovar? It's because of Evid Lovelish Malva. That's the Svara, is that if I'm borrowing money from you, I should be indebted to you. It's okay that I be the one that has a responsibility of holding on to the shover and once I pay back the money. You did me a huge favor by lending me the money. So why would that why would we write a shover to a husband? You don't have that same Lova Malva relationship where someone's indebted to somebody else because someone did somebody a big favor. Over here it's a ksuba. A couple got married. No one's indebted to anybody. There was no one doing anyone 
someone a favor, they were doing each other a favor by getting married to each other. I guess it didn't work out. Maybe they weren't doing each other a favor, but they were doing each other a non-favor. It's all the same. It's all. It's it's it's, it's going to be exactly the same. So Tosh says, yeah, even though that's the svar of Evelov Lishmalva, lav dafka lova, eluadin bekolchov kamok suba dahacha ushtari mekach damrasu dekolsun shover. Apparently, that's not the primary svara. Apparently, we write a shover whenever there's money that's owed. It's not about the indebtedness. It's whenever there's money that's owed, we could write a shover. And Rav Papa, Amr, Makom Shenkos, Ksubas, Kinan, back in the Mara, Rav Papa says, no, it's not that we write a shover, that it, there's no concern she's going to take out a Ksuba, because we're talking about a place where there is no Ksuba. I, if the Ksuba, how do you say we're talking about a place where there is no Ksuba? It says that she lost her Ksuba. The Kasavla Ihu. He wrote a Ksuba, but in that, in the, that place, the minute was that they didn't. So, so, but if he wrote her a ksuba, then she could take it out and collect with it. When we say that it got lost, it means it got burnt. But there was another line in the Bryce where it says that it got burnt. How can you say that ivdu means that it was burnt? And furthermore, what about the case where it says that, that they hid it? Shouldn't you be worried that she's going to take it out again? And furthermore, why does it have to say ivdu again? Tos points out that seems to be the same question as the first question of hainu nisrafa. Okay, so it's an issue. But uh, Tos deals with. So rather, he says, no, we're misunderstanding the whole Brysa. The Brysa is if she says she lost the Ksuba, we view that as the same as her hiding it right in front of us. And we do not give her anything. The only way we're going to give her something is if we know that the Ksuba is no longer in existence. If she says that, that the Ksuba burnt. So now, and, and that's where the Brysa says that if the Ksuba burnt, and we know it doesn't exist, then if there are Edim that uh, it, was an, it was a wedding of a Basula, she'll be able to collect. Now, the whole discussion of, but why are, aren't we concerned that she'll take out the Ksuba? And the Gemara answers that she doesn't, it was a place they didn't write a Ksuba or they wrote a Shovar. If you're going to have that discussion by the Brysa, then for sure you'll have that discussion on the Mishnah. Meaning, if, if by the Brysa, where it said Beferish that she lost her Ksuba and uh, Hitmina and all of that, and we had to touch it all up to say that it's talking about where uh, where really it's gone and it's destroyed. Mm-hmm. So certainly in the Mishnah, you could say the Machlokas between our Papa and Rabbi Avo to say that it's talking about Ein Kos from Ksuba. If we were even willing to say on the Brysa, where it seemed to be talking about an existing Ksuba, and we, and we were even willing to say on that case, oh, it's a place that Ein Kos from Ksuba, then for sure by the Mishnah you could say we're talking about a case of Ein Kos from Ksuba. Uh, but if you say the conversation related to our Mishnah, you're not going to be able to relate that conversation to the Brisa, because in the Brisa, like we said, it sounds like we're talking about a Ksuba that actually exists. So again, the Mishnah said if there are Edim, that the Yatsis be Numa Rosh that's good enough. Shouldn't we be concerned that she's going to keep taking out the Edim Numa in each Bezdin and collecting again? Well, if we have no other option and we're really concerned about that, then we're going to write a Shover. So the Brysa mentioned one of the ways of proving that her wedding was a Besula wedding was a Koshal Besura. My coastal basura. What is this coastal basura? They would pass a, a, a cup of wine, of truma wine in front of her. Why truma wine? 
To say, look, she's a basula. If she were marrying a kohen, she'd be allowed to eat truma because she's such a kshera. So even though she's not marrying a kohen, we bring the truma wine as a demonstration that she's a basula. What if an almana marries a kohen? She can't eat truma. She can also. So why why would the truma wine demonstrate anything? No, what we're saying is that she's having her first marriage just like truma is the racist. Truma is the first thing you take off of the of the matanos. Rabbi says they would pass a barrel of wine in front of her. The way they would do it is if, it was, if she was a basula, they would pass a closed barrel of wine in front of her. And if she was a baula, they would pass an open barrel of wine in front of her with the obvious symbolism. So, is that embarrassing by a baula? You're, you're passing the open barrel of wine in front of her? Just don't don't use a barrel of wine at all by a ba'ula. By a basula, use the closed barrel by a ba'ula. Don't use a barrel of wine at all. We're afraid she's going to claim that she's owed 200, and she's going to say, oh, it was really a basula the whole time. I, you, don't, you, you don't remember a barrel of wine at my wedding? It's because we just couldn't find a barrel of wine last minute. There was some sort of onus that happened. So if we have positive evidence that she was a ba'ula, that they had a barrel and it was an open barrel, then we'll know that she She's, uh, that she's not absolute, she's not entitled to the Messiah. Okay, but I'll pick up with the Bryce on the bottom tomorrow. Oh, yeah.